Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. Brad is not just worn out, he's sick. So we're going to give him a couple of more days off, but that's okay because we all love Cam. And Cam Harless of We Are The Mad Ones is joining us today as our regular co-host substitute. (laughs) And actually, maybe Brad will make his uh, resurgence on Wednesday when we guest on your show, which will be live, right? It will be. It'll be live at 10 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash the mad ones. Easiest way to find it. 10 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash the mad ones. Yes, ma'am. All right. I'll be there. (laughs) You better, because otherwise it's going to be very disappointing. (laughs) It won't be the propaganda for without Monica and Brad. So, all right. Uh, I noticed a couple of things coming together, and I know that you noticed them too, and I think Binkley texted me. He just can't keep keep out of the news, (laughs) and maybe that's why he's still not feeling good. But I saw an article that said the U.S. Capitol Police announced six disciplinary cases against officers from the January 6th insurrection. Now, for me, first of all, it said in the article that that doesn't mean there were six officers charged, just that there were six charges. It could all have been against the same officer, although they say there were three for conduct unbecoming, one for failure to comply with directives, one for improper remarks, and one for improper dissemination of information. Now, for me, when I was looking at, I I got a lot of video from January 6th from people who were there. I've talked to a lot of people who were there. And my conclusion at the time was that absolutely nothing happened of a violent nature other than at the hands of agents provocateur. And that what they actually accomplished was to disrupt the not investigation, but I think they were going to get an investigation into some of these states like Arizona and Georgia and their electoral college certification. We expected a three day process there and this interrupted that. And then Mitch McConnell came, you know, slithering in to just discontinue the process. So it was very against the interests of the people it supposedly who supposedly did it. Like that's your classic false flag And I feel like what it was. And then after the fact, long after the fact, a lot of videos started emerging of events that I just do not think happened there and then. And one of the things that did emerge on that day, and a friend of mine who was there said uh, a guy came running out of the Capitol building and showed her a video of Ashley Babbitt getting shot. And my friend said she thought it seemed fake. She said, I don't believe you guys. This is bull. And he said, you should believe me. I'm a Marine. That guy is too, or whatever, stuff like that. And every, every story like that came out of the mouths of somebody who was in the government service, which I thought was yeah. weird. Then it launched into, we need to purge the ranks of people who'd be loyal to Trump or the constitution or whatever. But she didn't believe it from the beginning. And it was a really weird video of a guy coming out, reaching his arm out and just shooting her dead. There were cops behind her who stood back while he shot her and then came rushing in. So some of the videos you could see like a cop's shoe. It was a really, really weird thing. And she didn't really gush blood until somebody with a backpack came and leaned over her. It was like reminded me very much of a, a video I saw once of an Iranian incident that was similar. So this guy was a sergeant at arms. I guess now they're saying maybe he was Capitol Police. I don't really know. But um, I couldn't tell because I think he was wearing a mask in that picture. But the guy who's coming out now and taking the credit for that is a black guy. Mm -hmm. So 
there's supposedly a September 18th rally that the FBI is putting people on full alert from. And I, I kind of, uh, this article about the six charges against these officers launched into a warning about September 18th. It said they, they're the groups only expect around 500 people to show up. And usually that's an overestimate, but we are on high alert. We're going to put the fencing back and it's going to focus on justice for Ashley. So to me, that of course, with like some interjections of white supremacy stuff from the authorities and the fact that the guy who shot her is black, I feel like there is going to be some if this amounts to anything, the last time this happened, it didn't really amount to much. But if this is going to launch something big, I believe it will be very racial in nature. Oh, I don't. I, I think that that's their biggest play. Uh, but, you know, the timing of it coming on September 18th, which is one week after September 11th, is interesting to me because I don't know if you paid attention much to Twitter on September 11th. But there was a lot of um, comparing the one uh, six to nine eleven. Uh, there was one woman in particular, oh. Pam Keith. I don't know if you saw this tweet. She I saw two. you sent it to me. I think personally. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, it took me a while to understand what she said. I was like, "Is she talking about COVID? Like, what is she talking about?" And then I saw the date. I was like, "You have to be kidding me." I have laughed out loud at two of her tweets, and I oh I, I did I wanted to mention these. Who is she? The uh, apparently, she is running for Congress in Florida or something okay. like along the lines. You know, nothing important, but she has a blue check because she's running for government. Uh, but she she tweeted out on September 11th. Um, she said on 2021 uh, 9/11 ceased being the worst thing that happened to America in my lifetime. It's really weird and painful process to say that, but it's the truth. And quite frankly, it's not even close. Wow. Yeah. And, and so wow, this was that, that was the second one she did. The yeah. official story is not true, but a lot, a lot, a lot of people died. Yeah. Yeah. Really a lot. A lot. And so like their their point, uh, it seems to be like the aggregate point of all of these people is that it's worse than 9-11 because on 9-12, America came together and democracy flourished, but this was a direct attack on democracy and our democracy is weak now. And that's why one six is worse, but not, I, I did want to mention she had one other tweet that day that it was, mm, it was so good because she said on this date, 30 years ago, I was beset with emotions, the likes of which I'd never felt before. I weeded and grieved for weeks. I think she meant weeped. Um, I wanted to do everything, <laughs> anything I could to help, but, and yet felt so impotent. But after the last five years, I take stock that not once on 9-11 or on the days afterwards did I fear for the survival of the nation or our democ democracy. Not one time. And I just want to know what happened on 9-11-1991 to freak <laughs> this woman out. Okay, see? <laughs> well, maybe she was actually weeding. Maybe there was she had like some overgrowth. Maybe it was like a really wet summer. It was it was a bad lawn day and she was <laughs> she just it like lost her. it. She, this woman <laughs> has mental issues. <laughs> she uh, really but does. But that's what's so funny is I've ta I talked about this with Brad when you were off go gone for a bit on the show and um the 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 tying of the Taliban to the 16 stuff, the tying of uh, American quote unquote patriots, people or like Garland, people like Garland they would call him something like the Taliban 
or they call the people that were that didn't do oh yeah Apple, yeah but but we just happened to be there they call them domestic terrorists there's been this push to demonize people Absolutely. who disagree with the establishment um and of course the the guy to look to on 9-11 is apparently always going to be george w bush the guy who started the horrible disaster that was Afghanistan that just ended in yeah. more disaster. And so he gets up and he's doing his 9-11 speech. And uh, he's, the, the, the clip that I saw, it starts with him talking about the security measures that have been in place since 9-11 uh, being sources of comfort. And I was like, I think people are mad that they can't, you know, take a bottle of water on the airplane anymore. <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot of people. You have to go an like, hour oh, earlier. Yeah. We used to race when I used to was an investment banker. We would race to see who could get on the plane last. You'd get there three minutes before. Like the stewardesses <laughs> would laugh because we'd be running down the things in our suits. Like we would stay to a meeting till the very, very end. And like the more senior guys would expect you to run your ass off and kind of like hold the elevator. <laughs> so you really had to because you didn't have all the security. Now you have, it's an hour out of your time each time. And it infuriates me because Dick Cheney did it. Yeah. That's what makes me mad. It's like, you think, so that chick, she probably thinks she's a liberal, right? Right. So she, which she doesn't realize why she felt good on September 12th. And that's because she was sure that we were going to hunt those people down and nuke yeah. every last country in the Middle East if necessary. Yep. And that always bothered me because- if you have any, it, that was that kind of a vengeance thing that pervaded mm -hmm. both sides of the aisle. Whereas what you really want to do is go after the people responsible, unless it's a country and then you declare war. But if it's not a country for you to declare war, you, you have a privateer there and right. there are rules for that. But Yemen was big into the chatter. Saudi Arabia provided basically all of the bombers. So, or whatever the attackers on nine 11, so the people we went after, the countries we went after, weren't even the main actors. So, so she just felt good that someone was going to die in vengeance. And that yeah. was the, like the beginning of the end for the liberals. And the absolute end of the end was when Obama came in and he didn't, and he, they expected him to go in and clean up that those Republicans who did it. A lot of the, the ones who didn't buy into it like she did or says she did wanted Obama to finally expose George Bush and those guys. And he didn't. And a lot of those liberals were disillusioned, but most of them just got the vax or whatever, you know, like <laughs> went along. I, well, that, then that's the thing. The way they did it is they didn't make it a war on a country or a war on a person or a war on a specific cell. It was a generalized, vague war on terror. And so when you have something that vague, you can you can run that into the ground for all eternity. And, and, and now they're turning that on to the American people. And so, of course, you see George W. Bush on 9-11. He's, he's got to be the one that talks. But he gets up and he says, uh, and we've seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But then there's disdain for, for pluralism and their disregard for human life and their d determination to defile national symbols. They are the children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. Wow. I have a couple of things to say about that. First of all, 
You made a good point about terror being an idea or a pervasive feeling, a zeitgeist, because terror is just what you're scared of, which is why they could go after, uh, they could ally with al-Nusra, which was Mm -hmm. al-Qaeda, and still say it was the same war because it is because they they decide they they provide the terror you know the government is fear-mongering so whoever they say they're afraid of that's their war and war is the health of the state but libertarians like me who would talk about the whole guantanamo thing i wasn't just like a liberal drum banger like we need to they need to like have their rights i asked the question why are people in guantanamo who aren't being tried why and yeah. and if the so one way would say is like we don't have the evidence, but we know they did it like that doesn't work at all, because the whole point of evidence is that you really don't know if you can't prove it. But I thought that the reason they were there is that they actually know stuff. Yeah. They were they are prisoners because they knew stuff. They were probably in on it. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so that was a problem for me is that why are those people still in yeah. Guantanamo? But. The, the other problem was it's a slippery slope. So if they're on our property, and I think Guantanamo is considered our property, like if John McCain had been born in Guantanamo, he'd be considered American, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that the 14th Amendment uh, applies. I, I read this a long time ago. I, maybe this isn't the, the right path. I think it might be, though. That it, it made me think that people in America have these rights, even if they're not citizens, they have the rights by virtue. So when they try to say you're an enemy combatant and you don't get your rights, when they're talking about terrorists, privateers and stuff, I don't think that works outside the context of a soldier in a war that you have a declaration against. So Mm -hmm. there was a slippery slope to say some people don't get rights. And they're like, well, it's just foreigners. Like, well, is it just foreigners or is it Al-Laki? Is it Arabs, right. Arab Americans too. Like, what is it? Well, guess what? It's any American we think is acting against the state because they're terrorists, they're domestic terrorists, they're somebody that doesn't deserve rights. And if you look at the Bill of Rights, it is entirely designed to protect people who the government would call terrorists because they experience that. And they're yeah. right, you know, the government's right. The reason the revolution succeeded, right? Let's just take the official narrative there. The revolution succeeded. Why? Because those people did those things that then they later protected. Well, if they're protecting those things, then they're sacrificing the security of the government for those ideals. And that the, so to suspend the Bill of Rights, that wasn't the deal that the revolutionaries made with a national monopoly government. And of course, the 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 proof now is that a that the greatest experiment of all time in having a just and self-limiting government is a failure. But we tried it, and I really appreciate that we tried it. And I would take the deal if if it were to be renewed. But as it is, it's not. And it's because they violate all these things. And this is the prime example. You, as an individual, if you threaten the government, lose your rights. Yet the rights are there solely to allow people to threaten the government. Keeps the government yeah. in line. Well, and, and you mentioning Anwar al-Awlaki is such a good, good thing. Him, Abdullah Rahman's son, and uh, Nora, his daughter, who were all killed by the American government. Right. Uh, two of them by Obama, uh, the little eight-year-old girl by Trump. Uh, these are these were American citizens who were treated as though they didn't have rights. I personally rejected the concept of the people in Guantanamo Bay not having rights because they weren't American. Because either they're inalienable or they're not. 
Totally. We, we, they're either God given or they're government given. I used to blow up people's heads and WSB all the time because the most conservative people who thought that rights were God given and Obama couldn't take my rights away. And I would say, but you can take those people's rights away. Why? Because they're not American because it is Obama who's giving you your rights. And I mean, they really couldn't deal with that at all. And like sovereignty, you're allowed to violate their sovereignty, but immigrants aren't allowed to violate our sovereignty, like define sovereignty. And that's what American exceptionalism means. It's an exception to those rules, not extraordinariness. It's exceptionalism. It's very interesting how they use that name. But what he said, what Bush said in that quote you read, disdain for pluralism. Pluralism is when there are different opinions, right? Different mm-hmm. factions who share power, right? Isn't that what this whole, the vax mandates and all that stuff, isn't that an attack on pluralism? Isn't all of this an attack on pluralism? So the article I read to you last week or Binkley last week or both of you last week from the woman who said that basically everything should be decided at the federal level because states with Republican leadership can't be trusted to rule on these issues as she thinks should be ruled. And and my point at the time was her arguments on every one of these issues from gun control to vaccinations to abortions, there are arguments on the other side. She says people are crazy or stupid or think this is a game. That's not it. This is pluralism. That is pluralism. And if he wants it respected, he should be attacking her because she is really got more power than a, a handful of probably agents provocateur uh, in D.C. He also said, what about respect for human life? And I could go down the path of uh, the abortion thing, but I will just say uh, with regard to the vaccine and COVID and what these people are up to, and get, even if they didn't s- spray it on everybody, which I don't think is beyond the realm of possibility, they did. They they do suppress good health information. It's proven that they've done that before. They suppress the information about folic acid preventing spina bifida for the longest time. They actually fought lawsuits to continue to suppress that information. Very sick. Look up Jonathan Emord's work on that. I read a book by him called uh, Global Censorship of Health Information. So they suppress this stuff. The I just got read an article. Did I tell you about this last week? Telegraph, uh, an article that teen boys are six times more likely to be hospitalized from the vaccine yes. than from COVID. Yeah. So they they don't have respect for human life. These people who are deliberately terrorizing people, terrorizing people. Someone just sent me a hidden audio or a, a leaked Zoom call of the people who are marketing COVID hysteria talking about how to make it scarier, how to reincorporate all recovered people into the case numbers to make it cumulative from the beginning. Case numbers. I mean, that's crazy or whatever. That's clearly manipulating people into uh, terrorizing people into doing something that they have decided is is not uh, the right thing for their health and their lives. And he also says that they want to tear down national symbols Tear down mm-hmm. national symbols. I mean, I don't give a fig for national symbols, but I think they just cut up and pulled down the Robert E. Lee statue, and there were two sides to that story, too. And and destroying history, for better or worse, plays right into the hands of those who would repeat it. Well, they, they also, just weeks ago, were demonizing people who have uh, American flags on their trucks. So uh, what I wanted to mention is when you talk about pluralism, First, first off, George W. Bush is talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's he's lying. And when he's talking about pluralism, uh, just like they're talking about the death of democracy, how they um, uh, 
it was an abomination for them to be in the Capitol building as that is a temple and it's sacred. <laughs> this is all a religious show. And so pluralism, he's not talking about real pluralism. He's talking about the melting pot idea that comes out of the religion of the American, it's the American civil religion. So he's making preaching points. He's not making actual points. And he, while he's doing it, he's coloring the people who want to push back against the United States government, not, not against America, with this terrorist light. So he's making heretics. And Interesting. And I've always thought that 9-11 was a black mass. Mm. You know, it really looks like this ritual trauma, a yeah. human sacrifice. And, and I didn't know if that was meant to just tap into archetypes or actually conjure magic. Mm. But well, there's there a yeah. lot of dark stuff. Yeah. A lot I mean, of dark knows? stuff. So I do want to hit on some COVID stuff, some vaccine stuff, main, mainly just the propaganda that is just barreling at us, both barrels ahead. And it also taps into something I kind of gave a little foreshadowing to last week. But before I get to that, which will be our last big stories of the free 30, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the patron 15. I want to, my husband speculated that the Texas abortion law would keep the techies out of Texas. And I have to say, I, I was surprised to find that that was a headline in the Washington Post today. But <laughs> I don't think it will, and I'll tell you why in the Patreon 15. But I would also like to give a big shout out to my really one of my favorite people ever, Chris at the uh, TrueHempScience.com. I met him at Childerberg, and it was such a pleasure. What a mellow guy! What an interesting guy! And his his understanding of hemp science is deeper than anyone I've ever met. He really knows his CBD. He Actually, have you experienced the glory of True Hemp Science CBD I, I, products? I have. He sent me a whole box of goodies. Oh yeah, that those are those are very happy days in my house. But I have to say, <laughs> and it's not like mind old. It doesn't mess you up. It's CBD. It's just um, gummies and brownies and uh, cookies and stuff that really just. I mean, I use it when I. Like if I'm on a diet and I don't want to have my cocktails, I'll just, I think even, even if it's just the idea of like transitioning from your workday to your evening kind of helps you relax and people use it for anxiety, for inflammation. Uh, so anyway, people who do already use these products who have used True Hemp Science CBD products tell me repeatedly how awesome Chris is. He will give you a consultation and what high quality the products are. I do not think you're going to find higher quality products than at True Hemp Science. And you can hit slash prop report, set up a meeting with him. Usually he has goodies. Maybe he'll do another special for Propaganda Report listeners. Who knows? Maybe I should have him on the show and you talk should. to him. I've thought about doing it as well. Yeah. Maybe we can do, you know, a, a five-way with Chris. Ooh. I think he might enjoy that. <laughs> if I know Chris, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know anything about his, <laughs> his podcasting proclivities, none, none whatsoever. So anyway, but please support our sponsors uh, that supports us because they support us. And I also would like for you to consider supporting us directly. So what we do is we put out almost everything that we do. Almost every listener that we have is free. 
So we put out the free 30. We jam pack it with everything you would want to know from the news of the day. And we also offer the patron 15 and other premium products so that we can keep the train moving. And we do that because we want to get that free stuff out there. So please consider becoming a patron, patreon.com slash propaganda report or joining us on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report or donating through the propreport.com. If not because you want the extra content, but just because you want to make sure that we can all still do this full time. So when Binkley's out, Cam has to fill in because it's a full-time job for both Binkley and me. So uh, anyway, so please consider contributing in that small way. And if you can't just uh, share the show, uh, subscribe uh, or leave a five-star review. And with that, on to the last story of the free 30. So let's just hit any, any of the COVID and vaccine stuff we've got. I will tell you, I read an article this morning called the Delta variant is causing concerns of long COVID even for the vaccinated. So I read the story and this chick got vaccinated. Then supposedly she got COVID. Not hard to believe. But now she has neuralgia. And neuralgia is one of... So what happens... I We were talking about this before they even talked about the vaccines. There are very common side effects of vaccines. And it is all, often an autoimmune response. So you get Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre. You get um, myelitis of various kinds, neuralgia, stuff that, you know, chronic problems. These are just known side effects of vaccines in general. So when I saw that, I thought, I wonder if this could have been a vaccine side effect. So I looked it up and lo and behold, the vaccine she took does already Pfizer, BioNTech, whatever, has a known side effect of neuralgia. They also say that there's a rare side effect. They just came out with this rare side effect, Guillain-Barre. It's like Guillain-Barre, we all knew that was coming. I anticipated an increase in Kawasaki disease among kids because that is uh, that kind of myelitis thing. So there is a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of mixing of vaccine side effects and long COVID and all that. And because the symptoms of or the mechanism of the vaccine is very similar to the mechanism of the COVID itself with that spike protein, I would expect there to be it would be hard to to segregate that information. And you'd really have to want to you'd really have to be doing the studies. But since the CDC isn't really studying quote, breakthrough cases, I think it's unlikely. I think the best you're going to do is look to Israel and see their experience because 80% of their population over 12 is fully vaccinated. Um, one thing I wanted to say is uh, I'm going to try to find this link so that I can send it to you, but I actually saw a leaked, um, there was a hot mic on, um, I think it was the health minister of Israel talking to the prime minister, talking about how the vaccine passports are not for um, helping COVID, all it is there for is to make the unvaccinated get vaccinated. And that was the whole reason that it exists. Wow. So I'll try to find that. I saw this video and then I was like, I need to, I should have saved it immediately, but I was just like, oh, that's interesting. I need to talk to Monica about that. But well, that is that, that the marketing just to get people vaccinated is intense and they don't, it's as if nobody, nobody who's pushing this is really questioning whether that is like you say, solving the problem. They think the problem is people are unvaccinated. That's why if you say, well, that doesn't really protect you necessarily or show me the numbers or whatever, they think you're an apostate because this is all part of that religion as well. The, the last thing I'll say about it is that I saw that a heart patient died after he couldn't get, this is a big 
article after he couldn't get an ICU bed in 43 hospitals. His local hospital called around to 43 different hospitals and could not find him a cardiac specialty ICU bed. So when trying to verify this information, the, the, it was really funny because it says citing privacy reasons, the medical center, while saying he was a patient there, could not confirm or deny the story. And then it says the level of care he required was not available at Cullman Regional. Jennifer Malone told the Post. I looked through, I read the article three times. No mention of who Jennifer Malone is. I Googled her, not there. So <laughs> some person, Johnny B. Good, says it's true. That was really annoying. But I was, what, what this was, all this stuff is rolling out right after I got that email last week saying that we are going to do the should have got the shot campaign. And that's the that's why this changed from science and shame to should have got the shot. That's what they're doing. And it talks about in this obituary, the family was begging people to get vaccinated. I just when you see that they've, they're planning it as a marketing ploy and then they can't verify the story, I, I you know, call me cynical. Call me right? <laughs> well, it, it makes me think of this other article that I came across that I wanted to mention briefly. Uh, do you know who Veronica Wolski is? Uh, mm, I don't know. She Sounds was a, a lady in um, Chicago, the Jefferson Park area, who would um, use the overpass there as a means to protest the masks, the, the way they're doing COVID stuff. And she, about two weeks ago, uh, was put into a hospital there with COVID. And so allegedly, according to the, this Vice article, which the, the name of the article um, is amazing because it, it, it they okay, so it says Veronica Wolski, Jefferson Park woman who claimed hospital denied her iver, ivermectin for COVID has yes. died. <clears throat> and then you read the article. And in the article, it says the hospital denied her ivermectin. And so they, they voiced it as she claimed they denied it. And then confirmed that they denied it in the article but they want you to think that she's crazy in the in the first bit i remember before this ever happened i was reading a story every time i would see a story like that boy dies of flu when it said a kid mm -hmm. died of the flu i always looked to see if the kid was vaccinated and basically every time i looked the kid was vaccinated which made me think the kid got sick from the vaccine so, but they use it to act like you should get vaccinated and i remember the last story i read like that in the end it says the mother claims he was vaccinated and yeah, you're like, um, she claimed it because it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? She claimed it. I just love the difference between the headline and the article that makes you, that's yeah. trying to tell you how it's to out, read this that's before outrageous. you even read yeah. it. There's, someone had to make that conscious decision. Yeah. And of course they, they called it horse dewormer inside the article. <laughs> and that's your uh, flag. yeah, they had all of this, but she, they, they mentioned that QAnon people called to make it so that she could get ivermectin, thousands of them called. It was like it's all a very <laughs> and why would it piece. be two people? I don't know, but the did whole they thing ask? here. What, what, how just, did they identify them? It just a, few people. Then a pr a prominent QAnon influencer encouraged people to call the facility and demand physicians agree to Wolski's request for ivermectin. They got hundreds of phone calls. Well, so, I think it was more compelling that the family's lawyer called for yeah. what do you call that? Like performance. And, and But here's the deal. At the end of the day, she wanted something that would help her. The hospital didn't give it to her, and she died. So I think if it's the same story I'm thinking of, her doctor prescribed it. 
and the hospital denied it. Did you mention that? See, that's not that's not in this article. But right, okay. I, wouldn't now, be I remember Binkley. I believe it was Binkley brought that story, and it did seem like that. Uh, okay, so I do have a shout out, and it's a long one. Dave says, my shout out is to the silent majority that does exist. We just need to get the courage to stand up and shout out that we are sick and tired of all their BS. How the F do you have a pandemic when you factor out the mortality? If that's the case, then every single year I've been alive, the common cold has been a pandemic every winter by their definition. Tons of people get it. It's easily transmissible, but nobody really dies except for people who are really, really immunocompromised. I think we've reached a tipping point. I think they poked the bear one too many times and the culture is starting to shift. There are signs everywhere that we're not going to take it anymore. And I think when the pendulum swings back, the left is not going to be ready for it. Remember, they are bullies. And once we stand up to them and smack them in the mouth, they'll back right down and behave like the peas they truly are. You can fill in the blank on that P word. <laughs> and uh, hey, man, right on, Dave. Stand up and shout. And uh, if anybody else wants to shout out, this is you can I'm. Um, uh, ready to read your sentiments, inspire your fellow listeners. The shout outs are for patron saints. You can message it to me directly on Patreon. And uh, thanks Dave for that. It's a, it's a message of hope. I hope you're right. And with that, let us move on to the patron 15. 